Coming up on this episode of Business Interrupted. Recognition and praise are two very different things. Business was going absolutely fine. It was just me. It's just the mindset. It was me. It was. Was it, there something it, specific that kicked you out of that? Uh, so I went to see a therapist. That helped. That helped me to realise basically what an idiot I was being. And I was able to speak to somebody about the problems. Is that a big thing? Is that, is that the right thing? I think I'd burnt out. I'd go in at six in the morning. I'd leave at nine at night. And then all I'd do is I'd go home and I'd have a drink. You know, to try and wind myself down for the next day. And then what you're doing at the weekend, you're trying to escape. Hi, Trent. Hello, Richard. Should we, uh, should we do another series of the podcast? Yeah, we shall. Since we last spoke a couple of years ago, you up to much? Uh, not a lot. I accidentally started a business with you. That's pretty much taken up all of my time, unfortunately. Now means I'm spending minimum of six days a week with you. <laughs> and we're chucking a gym class at the end of the week, just in case. Yep. Yeah. Plays, get the box and gloves on. It's like we've grown up, which uh, which can only mean one thing. Go on. That there'd be a new level of sophistication and banter for yeah. this series of the podcast. Oh. Anyway, everybody, welcome to series two of business. Interrupted. You see, that's it, right. So, do you know what? You know what's, you know what's changed since we were last in these chairs? Go on. What's changed? The world's moved on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, one way of maybe starting this series is to have a, you know, a zooped up jazzy new theme tune for the podcast. Go on. So I think we should try and be a bit 2023. Yeah, yeah. Sounds so good. Shall we? Should we try it? Yeah. Should we see what the world can give us in 2023? Yes, please. Hey, chat GPT, give us a new snazzy theme tune for series two of the podcast. Business interrupted with Brent and Richard Howard. Are we our fulfillment? It's not very good, that is, is it? It's absolutely <laughs> horrific. <laughs> yeah, we might need to do something slightly better than that, don't you think? That was horrendous. Business interrupted. Business interrupted. Business interrupted. Business interrupted with Trent and Richard. Powered by We Are Fulfillment. What can people expect from Series 2 of Business Interrupted, Trent? Uh, less of us this is true. and more of people that know what they're talking about. So this series will be focused on inspiring stories of finders who have launched and created their very own exciting, dynamic e-commerce businesses. <sighs> Mouthful, wasn't it? It was good, wasn't it? There, I didn't, I didn't trip over it. Success, um, you could say successful entrepreneurs. So what we've done, we've invited about twenty of our closest partners and friends to come spend some time with us in our fully built studio. Ooh. I know it's exciting looking, isn't it? And what they're going to do is tell us the stories of how they created their own e-commerce businesses, their brands, and the trials and tribulations it took to actually become successful. Because let's be honest, the world ain't easy out there at the minute, nor has it ever been. No. And maybe we'll learn one or two things about what makes them tick, and we'll probably find out a little bit about ourselves and as well, pal. make them cry to get involved with us. Exactly In right. a good way, obviously. So we've got some entrepreneurs from the world of fashion, from the world of... Um, Go on. Um, cosmetics. Go on. We've got from the world of drinks. Yes. We've got completely new sectors that you've never heard of as well before, yeah. which is very exciting. And we've also, for our very first episode, got somebody who genuinely inspires me in Trent. Well, his name is Ross Carlin. He owns a business that gets all types of product listings in all of the biggest supermarkets in the UK. Mm. Sits on both sides of the fence, and that's not an easy thing to do. It can be quite uncomfortable. And as a person, he's absolutely fascinating. He is. And he's very driven. And in this conversation, we learn quite a lot about him and what makes him tick. And interestingly enough, because we've, we've got fortunate enough to have a great relationship, the topic of conversation on a lot of the times we've always met up is he's kind of jealous that we're co-founders. So there's two of us because he's on his one. So I think talking to him about the pros and cons of working with somebody like you. So I'll go through all the cons and then he can counter argue them and why they should be pros. Mm. I think that'll be an interesting topic. Yeah, it will be an interesting topic. <laughs> I'll be probably bumped off by the end of the episode. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on you. Anyway, have a listen to what happened when we met up with Ross, um, who is the MD of the Good Food Group. Enjoy. Business Interrupted. Business Interrupted. 
you want to introduce Ross or should we let Ross do the introduction? I think for we should himself? let Ross because like, he's got no end of talents and uh, businesses and just an incredible person. So I think it's best if Ross does it. Do you think that we're a bit wowed by Ross? I think we were taken aback when we first met Ross. See, this is what's going to happen in this podcast, Ross. We'll just we catch. invite you in and then we'll talk about you in front of you. <laughs> That's perfect. Then they don't have to do anything. What was the first thing we said when we met Ross when he left after the first time he came to, to see us? Uh, I, I, I quite specifically remember that we've, we've met a lot of businesses in London mm-hmm. that we really like and they're ambitious. And then we've met some local business people who uh, just aren't on the same wavelength as us. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave that there. And... Um, Pe- They're going to be later on in the series. Yeah, yeah. P- people who we wouldn't necessarily go for a beer with for one reason or another. And then we, we met Ross. I can't remember how. Can you remember how? Um, yeah, I found you guys on Google. Yes. And then you came in. And then it was very, very kind of laid back and down to earth. Straight away. Mm. Ran very well. There was yeah. a clip. I remember when Ross first came in, when you left, we kind of went... We can work with Ross. He's one of us. Can you tell us what you thought of us? Do you know what? Exactly the same. Like, down to earth, very open, black and white, exactly how I am, and actually to the point of, you know, vulnerable to an extent. Mm. Um, And actually, I quite like that because from my perspective, that's that's exactly how I do every inch of my life is just being very open, black and white. Uh, Candid, whereas, you know, a lot of people are strategic around how open they are. I think Mm. you guys... Aren't you, you mentioned about the locality point? Yeah. There are many people that are trying to build huge businesses on a national and global scale around where we are. Mm. Uh, everybody seems to go to London. Everybody goes to London. Obviously, we'll go through it. But that's my my path. I've had to go into London to then be able to build up a yeah, yeah. Um, you know a level of skill set and knowledge of the industry and, and a name for myself to be able to then bring it back to mm. sunny old Mansfield. Yeah, you've alluded to the fact that you're ambitious. What 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 is that ambition? Like, what business are you building? What are you ambitious about? I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm probably ambitious to the fact of I don't know where my end goal is, and I don't know where I want the business to go. But all I, all I, all I can think about is I enjoy building brands. I enjoy building businesses. And I enjoy the stressful nature of getting them into being a positive, successful business. In which case success is measured on different scales um and for me success was always about how many millions of pounds can you make that was always for me like the goal was i want to get the business to be able to sell at 20 million i want to get the business to sell at 40 million i want to get to a certain level of you know financial wealth that was my success that was always my driver Mm. probably in the last six months that's changed a bit um, and actually I look at success as different things actually what's the point in in doing all that if you're not actually enjoying life yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it changes the other elements of your life that actually make you happy so the, it's always in a moving a moving measure I think but for me up until probably six months ago success and being successful was all about money yeah and I suppose it's like okay what what would that money then would have enabled because like there's the, the journey is far more enthralling and exciting than the end goal because it's not like we're ever going to get to a position we are fulfillment and think, do you know what, tomorrow we're going to walk away because mm-hmm. we've achieved that, we've done it, and we can almost put up our feet because we will just get bored and that isn't appealing at all. So that journey of like, the journey might be a valuation of the company, but actually what that is going to allow me to do is this project yeah. over here. Success for me is about having businesses out there that are fully functional, are generating millions of pounds and actually have a cult following and people love the brands, love the products, love, yeah, yeah. love what we're doing. So, for example, for the um, for the retail management business that we have, people actually loving what we do and we get incredible results for other brands yeah. and launch their products into, into retail. And actually the fact that you can do that and they come back to you and say, you've completely changed our life, like you've changed our business, yeah. like we've, we've got brands that we we taken them from being in no stores to being in 6,000 stores. Yeah. And actually, that's, that's their entire business. Their entire business is, is what we sell for them. So, like, that is just, that's a huge... It's a big responsibility. Yeah, it's a big responsibility, but it's, but it's a fantastic measure of, you know, creating a business that works and being successful. It's like with our product development business obviously we can't name names before you before you mention any names press the red button yeah um but even with that you know some of the products that we make 
out in the UK, the retail art in the UK, people wouldn't know that that yeah. it's, it's it's made here, um, you know, or, or you know, design, built, concept, all made in in sunny old Mansfield, um, that are sold nationwide in the biggest retailers mm. um, that there are, and you know, for me, that's a sense of gratification, but also. And again, I'll put this back on you guys, whether you feel the same way, but that gratification, you know, you get that gratification. And and the issue with me is I don't celebrate the wins. When we did our first, like, million pound month, like, it was like, yeah, great. It was literally, it was honestly two seconds. Mm. It was, and and I just regret it because it's even celebrating with the team. It's making them feel great about what they've achieved. But... For some reason, it's just not built in me to celebrate wins. And I'm still trying to deal with that. I'm still trying to work on that because it's not, it's absolutely not one of my things that's ingrained into me. So, yeah. you know, with, with you guys, do you, do you have to subconsciously think about celebrating those wins? Do you have to have it planned or is it one of you two that actually that comes more natural to you two about celebrating wins and, you know, it's really it's a big quest big question because Trent doesn't look back on anything and I'm much more of a reflector um and I remember vividly probably the biggest thing that's happened recently in terms of a win was you know working with VCs and getting investment into the business and that was a five-month process took a long time to do it when we finally were in London and we finally got news that we'd won that and that was a very very big moment for the business in terms of security driving forward and finally somebody else believes what what we're doing and that there's legs in it we celebrated for about 45 minutes and then we I'm just tired, we were knackered and we that was back, it we went back to the flat and watched Titanic <laughs> he was asleep what, together holding hands yeah pretty much <laughs> ITV4 it was about 9 o'clock at night he was out cold asleep on the sofa with his mouth open dribbling but, and, it, and that was it and the next morning we got up we started working and that was it we're not brilliant at doing that and you need to make the time to do it Having said that, I'm a very big cataloger of things. I take a lot of photographs and write a lot of stuff down. So what I'll do quite a lot is take a moment and go, wow, this time last year we were celebrating having just generated 50 grand or something in the month. Well done us. And it's only whenever you look at things like that, you kind of go... You you pile them up in comparison. And that's when I think you look back and think, good God, this journey that we've never paused on or stopped on makes sense to you whenever you get that sense of perspective. But day to day, I don't know how many businesses have got time to stop and go, well done us. And also, you don't really want to pat yourself in the back too much because that's kind of a bit of a fool's game as well. I get told it by my family. Like, you you know, you you don't celebrate, you know, your wins enough. You know, you don't, why don't you talk about how great you are and etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah. because for me like I, the business is 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 my business and mm. you know i think about it as my business and that's me and i don't celebrate wins so we, we keep moving for for the team that can probably be quite demoralizing and actually since i put a bit more structure in the team it's become very apparent that that's one of the big issues in in our team is yeah, Ross doesn't. Ross doesn't celebrate wins, and it always feels like it's on to the next, and it's on to the next. But that's obviously because we've got different mentality and a different outlook on what we want to achieve. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I, in a strange way, and this might sound a bit highfalutin and a bit stupid, but it you'd never say anything stop of that it. sort. First insult of the series. <laughs> we do celebrate what we're doing almost on a daily basis. We yeah. don't make it feel like hard work, if you know what I mean. The atmosphere and the team that we've built around us is built on a huge amount of trust and openness, transparency. So it's not like we are we're flat out in terms of what we're working at every single day, but we create an atmosphere around it whereby everybody's included in it. So we like to think that if there's small wins or big wins, that everybody sort of shares in that. It's not like a massive sprint and then we stop and go, hooray, we've done that. Yeah. It, I like to think we're trying to build it into the day-to-day work so that people want to come to the office. We've banned Happy Friday a long Have time you? ago as a as a, as a mantra. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, it's just that we don't... like. We don't really want to run a business where people are buzzing about doing a Friday since yeah. the weekend. I get it. Like we all love a weekend. Mm-hmm. We want people counting down days mm-hmm. or saying hump day. Finally, we're halfway through the week, two days until the weekend. Mm-hmm. You're never going to enjoy work or look forward to a Monday. But actually, I'm going to literally argue with myself now. <laughs> I look forward to a Monday. I love work. It's, it's It adds loads of complications and stresses. But, I mean... We've chose to be doing what we're doing to an extent. You you might have fallen into some opportunities or got to this and you are by accident, but actually you're still choosing everything you're doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's probably worthwhile at some stage saying what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, it, I've heard some podcasts before in the past, and there's usually a start, a middle, and yeah. an end, and maybe yeah. it's worthwhile actually. So, w- what is the business that you've created that's been phenomenally successful? So, uh, the business is called the Good Food Group. Um, so, what we are is we're a, we're a multi brand supplier into retailers, so, a retail management agency as such. So, that's the first part of the business. With the, with the, retail management part of the business what we do is we we are the supplier into into major uk retailers in you in you know in, in the uk ireland um and we do some international but not a lot um but it's your likes of tesco morrison's asda it's, it's your it's your super drug your boots your, your audis selfridges you know a range of uh, mix of retailers and we basically help other brands to get into retail and we mm-hmm. do the management for them and we're the supplier into those retailers. Alongside that, we have a product development part of our business, which is basically we'll take briefs from brands and retailers um, around what they're looking to try and put into their shelves or what they're looking to try and develop in their range. We'll develop those products for them uh, within the MPD department and then we'll manufacture them and deliver them out as well. We just launched uh, co-founded a, an edible skincare um, brand called vivid edible skincare mm-hmm. um, so that's taking the concepts of outer beauty so ingredients like hyaluronic acid retinol niacinamide uh, aloe vera all these key buzz ingredients you'll see on you know your l'oreal products that you put on your skin uh, your cerave um, all of those products that are absolutely booming at the moment we've actually converted them put them into a nutritional supplement um, across different need states so for example you've got a product that helps with acne um, you've got a product that helps with people who have dry skin mm. and instead of putting it on your skin you, you actually eat the serum um, and it's a one of a kind edible serum uh, product so we worked for you know, nearly three years on the development of that just because we saw a, a gap and a niche in the market because mm. we work with the retailers yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we understand what they're looking for look you know we've got a we've got a huge gap a, a, you know hundreds of millions of pounds gap between um, beauty and healthcare we'd love it if there was a brand yeah. that, you know that, that crossed cross cloud, both, yeah. so that actually we can cross sell across the categories did, as well did the second part of the business just make sense because it's almost like you've got a fast track to success what do you mean in terms of like you've you've got the relationships people trust you to find good products whether that's your own or somebody else's did you feel like it was almost a fast track if we develop our own brand there's an in yeah so basically the problem was we were we were being asked for certain products by retailers and we were trying to find brands that, that fit them um, so as part of as part of our like uh, consultation that we do with the retailers, we do a lot. We do a lot of back end work with the retailers. So you know, we invest heavily in having a brilliant team as part of our business. We've got you know ex category head of category management for Holland Barrett, for example, mm. who does a lot of the category management for the retail buyers. We're basically an extension of their team, yeah. and we'll find out certain products that they're missing from the range. And we'll go out and try and find a brand for it. But at the time, we were doing that all the time. We're like, there isn't a brand for this. Because also we were being told we need it to be under a £15 price point or yeah. under a £10 price point. And all the brands, because they're young, innovative brands, got the buying they, power. Haven't, they haven't got the buying power. So they're buying at such higher prices. And we were like, right, okay, w- what can we do? So, yeah, we basically invested back in, in, in into the business, into ourselves, to then create products that were on demand. If you were to ask me what's going to be the next up-and-coming supplement, in what format, what flavours, and, and, and can you tell us a brand, absolutely. Mm. I, can, I can tell you that. I think you're missing a trick there. I think this time next year we'll all be eating tinned foods because there's nothing true, else we can afford. That's, That's the direction of the UK economy right now. What's it's the, all about tinned what, foods. What letters of the alphabet should be in alphabetical spaghetti? That's the key question right there. <laughs> alphabetical spaghetti and tomato soup. Don't, because uh, I don't like tinned food. Oh. It gives me the creeps. <laughs> what happens if we're in apocalypse? What are you going to do? I'm starve. Fair. Or starve. Cannibalisation. <laughs> Ross will be sitting there in the corner with his edible skin cream and some moss. Have the best skin ever. Let's yeah. get yeah. attacked <laughs> by zombies. I will tell you what's going to be the next big thing. Oh, Not the go. next big thing, but I, I'm talking like 10 to 15 years. Go on. Okay. People won't eat. What? They won't eat. So it'll be nutritionally complete food that's that, that you know is is put into your body through drip uh, through you know, the drip yeah through a drip or um, and basically what 
what I think will happen is you'll take appetite suppressants to a position where you feel full, but you, you'll basically have the right amount of nutrients for your body being put into your body on a daily basis. But do you not think that people will miss the idea of enjoying yeah. food? Or nice. Do you think that yeah. that's just something that people will go down this ruthlessly efficient path of being functional? Yeah? I think I think I think it, I think it will come about, and 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 if somebody can create something like that, you've got to. There will be massive opposition to it because yeah. can you imagine you can you can cure world hunger with that? Yeah, and and, all, and also one of the other things, the reasons why it probably will struggle to happen is because. The entire retail sector and the supermarkets will collapse Absolutely. if people do go down that route. And the amount of money pumped in, obviously, to the sectors um, is significant. But I'll, I'm looking forward to the podcast that we do 20 years from now. Will we play this back and we say, God, Ross was onto something? Yeah. Or I, th- I think there's something there. I don't, I don't, you know, you've got to look at the technology for it. Mm. And I'm sure there are people looking at that technology now. But you've got to think to yourself, these fitness fanatics, you've got to look at yourself from a, from a bodybuilding perspective. I yeah. mean... That if we look at my back history, that's kind of I'm, I've never been a bodybuilder. Just for well, clarity, you can see that. Not great, um, but that's my background. You know, it started at, um, at my protein yeah. university, sports science degrees, that type of thing. So looking looking at it from that perspective, you can understand where people are weighing out food on a daily basis mm-hmm. waking up bodybuilders waking up at three o'clock in the morning to you know to have cream of rice and and a, a six white yeah. egg omelet why would you do that when you can just plug it into yourself i think things you know you've got to look at technology in the way that technology has changed in the last five and we say it, we say it all the time the last five years the changes in technology in the mm-hmm. last five years like the changes in technology and, and costs in the last one year alone is phenomenal mm-hmm. so you know the acceleration of that i think is is going to be, you know, is going to be huge. And actually, what's to say that that the future generation aren't bothered about what they eat? Mm. Because actually, you know, might it's, it's a chore. Mm. They might go the other way. I mean, well, I've, I've said to some of the, the guys upstairs in the office um, who aren't interested in food. They don't. There's, there's, there's someone we have in the office who eats the same thing every single lunchtime, and that's a bit of a chore for her. She covers it in barbecue sauce, and that's her taste. That's her yeah. flavor. But she just moved into a new house and. Um, the kitchen's kind of largely irrelevant to a lot of people of generation. I think we will get to a stage whereby houses being built don't need to have kitchens in them and they will save costs by not having a kitchen in them because it seems like you can't move for delivery, just eat, all yeah. the rest, and mm-hmm. Uber Eats, left, right and centre. That generation is changing their, their their habits of being able to cook or showing an interest in doing that. So the next 20 years are going to be very And also cooking a meal for, for you know three hours or something. It's just nobody's got the time. Nobody's got the interest in time. Like for me, that's quite an interesting thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Like I love it. It's yeah, therapeutic. Yeah, it's the one thing done, that I absolutely it? love. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about what would I do if I sold up and finished the business, that's what I'd go into the restaurant game. I'd love it. I'd love to do that. But... Be- that's because it's my passion it's what I enjoy doing but actually there are many people my partner being one of them who absolutely has got no interest in learning mm. anything to do with mm. cooking Got I haven't got time for it I'd rather just ping three, minute, three minutes on a microwave um, and unfortunately I think you know there are there are certain elements of life that we're losing yeah do you remember we came very close to uh, getting into the restaurant game Trent it, it crossed our minds, but I don't think there was ever much substance to it. There was a few messages back and forward, and you actually thought about one particular restaurant that was on the marketplace. You'll probably know it, to be fair. On your, yeah. road, on your way into work. What was it called again? Santini. 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 In yeah. Ravenshead. Yeah. I think it's just such a waste. Ravenshead is a very affluent area. Yes. Yeah. You drive past Santini, it's got, it shares Hold its on. car. Santini, I hope the owner of Santini isn't listening to you're about to slate the hell out of the place no no the restaurant itself is great but they share a car park with a car wash they do which yeah. is a bit like mm, come on you're in Raven's idea and then also they've got a big banner at the front that has got the cheesiest karaoke nights and it just doesn't quite tie in no it has a massive opportunity and then yeah that's that's what I would like to get into oh, I would like to get into that's that I was looking at that very poster this morning because there's very bad traffic coming in they do all right for their talent. They've got Freddie Mercury, Gary Barton, <laughs> they've got ABBA reformed especially. And how on earth can they get ABBA reformed <laughs> and still get nobody in the place? Ross, how hard is it to be a founder of a new business startup? What, what kind of challenges are they facing at the minute when they come to you staring down the barrel of a gun of how they can get their product into retail space? It is, is, is incredibly hard. You have to deal with every single decision that happens in that business, no matter how small or how big, 
on your own. The, the decision ultimately comes down to you and there's nobody to share that burden with. Yeah. But also, there are things that I question myself in my mind constantly that sometimes you cannot talk to your staff about, sometimes you can't ask yeah. your team about. And actually, you can ask other people, peers, but they you haven't never got skin in the game. Yeah, so they're yeah. not they're not going to give you an answer that's necessarily built around, right, okay, we think we should be doing this. It's, it's either somebody who's really safe or somebody who's really aggressive, and you'll get two different answers. If you're a single, um, single founder, business owner, I think it's even more difficult so I've witnessed you two and how you two work together, uh, you know, co-founders, which which is great. <laughs> um, but now I, I, I do see a benefit, a massive mm. benefit to co, you know, to being a co-founder. Mm. I also, you know, there's a there's a business that I work quite closely with. Um, we're an Amazon agency business, and, yeah. and the the two founders, they work absolutely unbelievably together. One has all the skill sets that the other doesn't have. And mm. one loves to do all the things that the other doesn't love, love to do. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it's it's amazing. So for me, I think one of the big things that I would say in terms of that element is if you can find somebody to go into business with and actually you've both got the passion, determination, and you both want it in the right manner, I think that's a really good yeah. place to start. It, and the thing is, like, I remember listening to, I don't know whether it was a podcast or a book, um, and generally, the the advice is make sure you're really careful about going into a partnership because nine times out of ten, it will end in failure of some mm. sort, whether it's a fallout, whether it's two different directions that you want to go in. And me and Richard, we were best mates before we started, and we literally stumbled into working together. It's not how, like we had this grand plan of, like, we're going to start this business, we're going to go all in, and all of a sudden, we've got this business that is what it is today, and fast forward 18 months and it's going all right and they do say make sure you're careful about who you're going to business with because it normally ends badly but then it's you could say the exact same thing about doing it by yourself there's a whole challenge there so basically it's just like it's going to be a challenge if you run a business no matter way way no matter who you do it with how many people you do it with it's going to be a challenge and that's why not many people do it. We've always said friendship comes first, and we're not particularly. Kind You've of... always said friendship comes first, Trent. You're the most emotional guy in this relationship. What? Yeah, that's true. To <laughs> me, yeah. By the way, he usually cries in every podcast, so it's going to come in a minute. But no, I don't, I don't know how you do it. To be fair, because we have our ups and downs individually, don't we? But being able to just be idiots to one another, vent to one another, whatever that might be, it does help a lot. The other thing about that is you do then be, and we've mentioned this a lot in the last few days. It's about the business and the whole operation becoming bigger than the sum of its parts. We hear that from the people that we're interviewing at the minute, and some of the feedback we're getting back after announcing investment is that whole sense of. The business is, we work 40 hours a week, but we actually don't. We're working seven days a week, and God knows how many messages we share with each other outside of hours. First thing in the morning, last thing at night. We're always on what's going to happen home. next, because it's Good kind night, of babe. like, it's not off. <laughs> and that has to come from a place of, we love what we're doing. We're really excited about it. We're really passionate about it. But it doesn't really stop. So you have got that blurred line as well, which means that if you enjoy doing that, Businesses continue. Yeah, the amount of times we've gone for a bit and said, "What did we ever used to speak about?" Yeah, when was the last time you got angry? Uh, last night, with yourself? No, with other people, but also it was probably a brunt of myself. Mm. Really angry last night. Sent a really angry email. Did you? Yeah. Did you not sleep on the email? Sent it this morning. How'd it go down? Um. Okay. I, to be honest, I think uh, looking <laughs> was it the mismanagement of this podcast that you were fuming? I was actually. So <laughs> Rich didn't actually email me back. It was a case of me being angry at the fact that we weren't getting the we weren't getting the recognition that we should have been getting. Um, yeah, so I got this email um, and I was kind of pissed off at the tone of the email, and I was pissed off at the content of the email. And I was just pissed off that somebody wasn't doing the, the you know, the, the, the company that, you know, we we received Working. the email on behalf of, weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, but they were basically saying, right, okay, well, you, you know, what are you going to do about it? It, it? it was nothing to do with us, the issue, but like, mm. you know, trying to turn the blame, 
So I was kind of pissed off with that, and I can understand what you know from their perspective they were kind of being guarded and they were they didn't want to admit they were wrong. Yeah, but yeah. For me, I'm like you know if you're wrong, just admit you're wrong. I often do send back nice emails rewarding people and giving credit for good work. Mm, not, not enough, no, I was about not to say. Enough. Definitely not enough. Hundred mm. percent. Um, and that's probably because I'm hard on myself. Mm-hmm. To be honest, mega hard on myself. I don't reward myself mm. at all. At all. There isn't. There isn't. There hasn't been a time where I've looked back and said, "You know what? You've done a great job." You, you know. Are you talking to me there? Yeah, I was straight in your eyes. But I, I, I genuinely, I, I don't give it myself, so that then I don't think about giving it to others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll let you into a little thing. So we now do a every fr- every last Friday we do a team get together, um, and we do a, a day out of the office. Every Friday afternoon we do a quiz. Do you? Yeah. So do we. Friday quiz. Um, we should we should hook up. We should oh, hook up. Two teams against each two other. Two teams against yeah. each other. Yeah. We would win. Come on. We would win. Yeah. But no, to answer your question, I don't give praise enough to anybody in personal life or business. Do you accept praise? No. Never. What's the last thing you were praised for? Probably this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. No, you guys saying, oh, you know, first guest well done on what you've achieved you know mm. great but that made me feel awkward because it? it's like you, know, I, I you have done I really well I don't receive praise no I don't get praise from other people um I, I, and I think part part of that is because I don't go looking for it but I also don't accept it very well so but why, why don't you accept it That's, why don't you accept it I'm interested by this I don't I, the, really I, know what so I've got, an, I've got an answer for this and it'll go be on. interesting to see if you've got the same answer because I am ridiculously competitive but 90% of that competitive streak is with myself so I only really care if I beat myself which is like if you you achieve more than you set out I don't know what that is because again that's kind of a repetitive cycle you're never at an end goal so my competitive streak I just want to better what is expected from I don't know if that makes sense so it's like outside world I don't care what you guys think the reason I'm so motivated is because it comes from within me it's not because I want to prove something to you I want to prove something to you that's my take I think that's exactly what makes you tick but that isn't necessarily a particularly um, admirable trait if you think about it because what you're basically saying is your opinion isn't that important because all there is is me and I'm in this sort of for myself, therefore I can do this by myself, which would make people then go, fair enough, I'll, I'll, I'll back off and let you do it then. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm not, yeah, I that's, get that. That's the harsh end th- of it. Then, then, I mean, we should get Sarah into this, as in Sarah Gilling, because she's, 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 she's a, got a psychology degree and she'll tell us exactly what's going on. Yeah. Because at the same time, you, you know I want to be best mates with everyone. So where does that come from? Yeah, that's a good point because you do. You, yeah, but you is look it, for acceptance, but not praise. Yeah, so pra- so so is it hard to accept praise because you never received praise when you were younger? Oh were God, where do we go with this? But you know, for, for me, that's probably yeah, you know, maybe that's, that's probably one of the indicators. Mm. You know, I, I grew up never receiving praise on never. On, on anything. Never. Um, Did that make you work harder? So to get mm, praise? yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretend. No, no, it didn't actually. It just, it just made me accept that praise wasn't there. I give you know? a thick skin. Yeah, think. thick it's, skin. You, yeah. you know, and, and you're not bothered. But also, I think from from my perspective, there's always somebody doing better. That's how my mind works, yeah, which yeah. is similar to what you've just said there. But rightly or wrongly, with this day and age as well, is is I'm looking at peers and I'm looking at what they're doing and I'm looking at how fantastic they're doing and how successful they are and look at look at him with his, you know. Rolls Royce and this mm. and that, and I'm not massively all money orientated. I know it doesn't sound that way because it's been mentioned quite a lot. Yeah. But you know that's how you that's how you quant- that's for me how you quantify quantify how successful somebody is in business is how much free time they've got and how much money they've got with that with that free time. Mm. Essentially, if you mm. if you're working seem to be working four hours a day, right, and you're enjoying yourself, I'm thinking to myself. Hold on a minute. I've been sat in this office for eighteen hours. I've got sixty-seven emails to respond yeah, and, to, and and none of it's slowing down. And I seem to be no further forward today than what I was yesterday. Mm. And this guy sat here and he's in a, he's in a club in Mayfair enjoying himself on a Wednesday. That's who I want to be. Mm. And actually, it's probably a facade anyway. 
Yeah, well, that's the whole social media yeah. kicking in. Yeah. Right? yeah. But that, that's that's part of it for me. That's like why, why I don't want praise because I'm not there yet. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not. But will you, know. you ever be there? That's the thing. Mm, no, probably not. No, You've probably won awards in your time now. Award, last yeah. last week's quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I did actually win the last quiz as well nice. because I wasn't the quiz master. But your business is done well and been recognised. So do you take that as being? Quiz? Yeah. To, to be honest, I've got I've, probably the the most proud I felt about what I've achieved. Probably was getting you know getting through to the finals of the Entrepreneur Awards, getting through to the finals of the Grocer Awards, which we we were up against the likes of Co-op, Tesco, and ASDA as a business. Really? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we were nominated for a Gold Grocer Award um, a finalist. So we. So do you there. think you reflected on that and thought, yeah? I, I was sat in the room and like there was a table next to us and it was it was the Audi directors. The table next to us was Tesco directors. I'm sat on a table with, um, you know, a, a business that turned over 250 million, um, and it's for me that was like wow, you know, unbelievable, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's not, it got through to the final and nominated for Entrepreneur of the Year for healthcare. You know, it's like it's big. Right. That's that's a big thing. That was massive for me. They, they were they were the wins because it stepped. You know, I could step out of my comfort zone and think, God Almighty, you know, I'm I'm, I'm in a room full of you know people who are deemed as really successful mm-hmm. and I'm put on the same pedestals and, and maybe that's the piece. I think there's a difference between praise and recognition. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because actually, recognition comes from people who you want to be recognised by. Praise just can come from anybody. That's my point. Yeah. Right? Also, or praise when you shun praise. It's almost demeaning the person giving the yeah. praise because you're saying your opinion of what I'm doing or your opinion of me is worthless. It's nice, but you know, does it mean anything? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's recognition and praise are two very different things. I mean, we can all win awards, can't we? We can all put ourselves Yeah, I mean, I'm to... a big cynic of awards, by yeah. the way, as well. Because you can pay for them. Well, it, it, like, so we won a crazy amount of awards, like, three years ago, whatever. But the issue I had is that, first of all, you have to enter it yourself. So it's not like people are randomly scouting who, like, is justifiable to get in, into this award. You put yourself forward, and I get it, there's an interview process, this, there, but just before they're about to know who's made the finals, they're, oh, by the way, do you want to buy a table for two yeah. grand? Yeah. It's like, what happens if I say no? Am I not going to attend and then win the award and do it remotely? Absolutely not. You're going to have to be there yeah. on the night. So it's just this weird thing of, mm. in all seriousness, four years in, if you were speaking to somebody that's thinking of doing the same thing, has ambitions to do so, whether they're in a current job, and they've got a side hustle and they want to make that leap or they just want to start from scratch, what are the three things you'd think? Do you know what? They were key to getting to where I am today. I will, I will use the word graft rather than hustle. Mm. But genuinely, you have to graft. You oh, have to be willing. You have to be willing to sacrifice a bit of happiness to do it. I know you say, like, it's, oh, yeah, you know, if you work a day, it's, you know, in, 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 in the job that you love, it's fine. It's not. It will be not enjoyable yeah, yeah. For, for for quite a lot of what you're doing especially when you first start out so for me you've got to you've got to understand that you will be doing shit you don't like yeah you've got to work hard at it but you've got to have a passion for it yeah, yeah, yeah. as well so for me like go into something you actually love doing have a passion for what you're doing um and one of the other things that I would say in terms of starting a business, but also a role in a business as well, is be who you think you want to be. Nice. I like that. So this whole fake it until you make it, I don't like that because that that's derogatory. But, but be today who you think you want to be in the future. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I was going through various different job roles, I applied for a job role and I thought it was well above what I could do. Yeah. And and I remember going to the interview and I remember having the interview and absolutely killing the interview. Because in my mind, I was like, right, I need to be the person that would be sat in that chair. Mm. And when I came out, I got the job. Nice. And it was a massive job for me. That meant, you know, 
going out and you know frequently going to America, uh, Australia, and you know doing deals with Mexico and this that, and the other, and, you know, as well as building up the the retail network in the UK as well. Um, but for me, I had such a passion about being able to work in that industry and, and, and work for that business and do that. But ultimately, overnight, I had to learn various different things that you know I'm not. I had no clue about. Ultimately, every single day that I stepped into that office, I had to be the person that I thought I was. Yeah, yeah. And I actually, I wasn't that person. Well, you landed that, that mindset landed you the role. You then back to graft, yes. worked as hard as you could to begin become that person, so you could do that job confidently. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And actually, you have to learn on the job, mm-hmm. um, and you will get hit in the teeth a number of times. But you do have to stand back up and you have to keep going. Yeah, yeah. And and no matter how bad it feels, there is always a way out. Mm. Um, as long as you believe you're that person who yeah. can get you out of it. So there have been times during this journey that I've I've, I've not believed in myself. Like I, I'll be completely honest. About six months ago, I had a massive, massive dip. Massive dip in confidence. There was a lot of things happened in my personal life. Things were happening with the business, and genu- genuinely, honestly, I was like, I, I don't know if I want this anymore mm. because everything was taking a massive fall. And, I, and the biggest thing for me is I didn't believe in myself. Mm. I genuinely didn't believe I could get myself out yeah, of it. Yeah. I remember you being with us just before Christmas, yeah. and it was visible that you'd lost a little bit of your yes. focus, or something wasn't mm. there. I think we might have even commented on it, but and then afterwards, I think you kind of came back after Christmas and you were like, "Right, I'm realigning myself. I'm yeah. taking some time to to get myself sorted, get myself aligned." And I think it's a, it's acknowledging and realizing that is the most important thing. Coming back to being the sole business founder, as yeah, well, yeah. Like the whole business thrives off whatever energy mood or I'm walking in. in the morning, and honestly, if I'm in a bad mood because something's happened, everybody's in a shell. And, and I don't do that on purpose. No, I don't no, do no. that to, to affect people. But it's just, it's, it's being the business owner. It's being who I am. It's, it's, you know, being a large personality as well. Like, if I'm in a fantastic mood, everybody's buzzing. I've had people in the team comment, oh, the last couple of months have been, you know, really it's hard. Like, it seems like, you know, things aren't going so well. It's like, the business was going absolutely fine. It was just me. It's just the mindset. It was me. It was, was there it, something it, specific that kicked you out of that? Uh, so I went to see a therapist. So um, that helped. That helped me to realise basically what an idiot I was being. Seeing seeing therapists really did help because I got things off my chest and I was able to speak to somebody about the problems and Mm -hmm. have an actual conversation about all the problems that I was having and actually somebody being able to say, is that a big thing? Mm -hmm. Is that that the right thing? I think I'd burnt out a bit, Mm -hmm. which comes with the nature of, you know, growing as quickly as you grow which you guys have probably had experience of. Mm. So when it, what I used to do with, with my time is I, I would work ridiculous hours, and you've commented on it at times when, you know, and, and if you're on the WAF one, but, you know, I, I, I'd go in at six in the morning, I'd leave at eight at night, nine at night, and then all I'd do is I'd go home and I'd have a drink, mm. you know, to try and wind myself down for the next day, and then what you're doing at the weekend, you're trying to escape, mm. trying to escape the hardships because you, you go in so hard at yourself, you have a drink. Mm. So yeah, that that was a big issue as well. You know, to be completely honest, so because you stopped, you went cold turkey for quite yeah, a while, didn't you? Yeah, stop, and, and that that coincides with the Christmas piece. So I stopped in January. Yeah. So I was like, like this is getting too much. So I had a I had a bottle of wine a night. Mm. You know, it's it, it was just something that habitual that my my brain used to switch off the noise because my mind's like that twenty four seven thinking yeah, about yeah. everything. Um, so yeah for me I think it was just having a look at all the things that were affecting me and thinking what can I do to change it because this isn't good it affected my relationship it affected my personal relationship with family it affected the way in which friends wanted to interact with me Mm. it affected the way in which I was communicating with staff the way in which the business felt to be in day to day so I needed to make those changes so having a look at that and and then also saying you can't carry on doing this if you're not enjoying your personal life. Yeah. That was a big thing for me. I wasn't enjoying personal life. I was just, you know, at a weekend I was just drinking. But that's also alignment with relationships, alignment with your friends, alignment with your partner on saying, right, this doesn't work for me at the moment. I yeah. need you to help me. Mm. And, and and as soon as you acknowledge it with them, they're like, right, yeah, I get it. That's fine. Yeah. Do you feel like you've um, got through that? 
period, or is it something you're still doing work on? Mm, I think it, I think I'll always be doing work on that, um, which is you know believing I'm worth that time to spend on myself, and you know having time for myself and doing things that better me. Um, I think I need to slow my brain down a bit, which I have done, but I know it will pick back up. Mm. So I've started to pick back up now. I've come back off holiday again, mm. so I'm like, what? But even even going on holidays, genuinely, this. So I was on holiday last week in Portugal, and it was the first holiday that I've ever had where I've not had my laptop out. Really? Ever. There'll probably be people listening to this as well, kind of going, recognizing so much in what you're saying, kind of going, yep, I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, and, and and honestly, all you need to do, all you need to do is, is you need to you need to understand that if you're acknowledging that there is something not right, and you're acknowledging what that is that's not right, you absolutely need to work on it. You can't just ignore it and think it'll go away because it won't go away. It'll just get yeah. worse. Yeah. It'll get worse if you're thinking now that bottle of wine a night, it, it's not. It's probably not doing me any harm. But I know it's not. It is doing me harm. Mm. It's doing you harm. You need to re- you need to bring it down. You need to reduce it. You know, like I said, I went I went what two months over two months without having a drink, and my process after that was I don't want to go without having a drink. I want to be able to go out to and when it, I socialise uh, with my friends and not rely People on have different it. things. I don't want to rely on it for when I'm feeling down. So you know, so you know that the three things are kind of graft. They were passion. You need passion for whatever you're doing. Where we went with that conversation then. Would I would I be right in coming to the conclusion that the third point could be just somebody to communicate to? If you haven't got a fellow co-founder, just you need to vent somewhere. But I do think that third thing, the third thing is believe in your future self, mm. be or be your future self. Yeah, that's that's the third thing for me. Like graft is different to that. You can graft yeah. and be who you are now, but being your future self, have a look at yourself in ten years and think, you know, if I was if I was where I want to be in ten years, you've got to be that person now. Yeah, even if you're not. Just got to do it. Like for me, like today, we've been doing we've been doing brand brand work, looking at you know some brand initiatives, but digital marketing and all the elements to do with the website, which isn't which isn't where anywhere near where I want it to be. But in my mind, I know that I understand every element of it, and I understand what we need to do and how we need to get there. So it's now spreading that to the team and educating them in a way to get there. Am I am I a digital marketing specialist? Would I put that on my LinkedIn? No. But have I worked in businesses and been a part of businesses that it, are generating yeah. millions of pounds worth online? Yes. I understand it. I get it. And actually, it's not that hard. <laughs> and that's me saying it without generating the money. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> famous last No, words. the element of it is, from a digital marketing perspective, it's the same as selling to somebody in real life. Well, we, we've, we've said, well, we kind of say a lot, we, want, we behave like the business that we want to become. And I think that... To say we never reflected, the last two weeks, what we've been gobsmacked at was when we were kind of thinking, how the heck did we get it? <laughs> like, we've accidentally stumbled into this. But in two places, I feel like we've said, either you to me or me to you or whatever, that the, some of these businesses that we're talking to are sizable. How are we in front of these? Like, in the, in the space of 18 months, how are we even talking to these businesses? And then second to that, we've when we've been doing the interview process and the caliber of interviews that we've done and the people that are coming forward to, to want to work at We Are Film, like, how the heck have we got to a place where this person wants to apply for a job? Mm. And that kind of boils down to we're behaving like the business we want to become in six months, 12 months, two years. What What is the thing that's driving you to do 14-hour days and put all this graft into your business now what's your motivator your motivator <laughs> after the discussion we've had and the psychology lesson i think it's recognition recognition yeah rec- recognition for me i think i i want to be recognized as a as a successful businessman but also at the same time to create products and, and and brands which actually be a part of everybody's everyday life mm. and then so there's two elements actually create a difference and a point of difference with the products that we're building and actually they're part of somebody's everyday life mm. for me like the recognition when somebody's writing a review on a website mm. or you know to post something on social media with one of the brands you're like oh, that's brilliant but also the recognition like from from the clients like i said you know when a client 
so if you, you know you've changed that business or whatever it may be for me that's massively important but i think ultimately as a, as a, as a business as a business owner and like what would be deemed as success is just that recognition for me it's recognition mm-hmm. and i think if you can if you can get to that point and and the actual business itself also funds you know the lifestyle that you want yeah that's that's what an interesting guy what a top smart fella (laughs) what do you think was the most interesting part of that podcast i mean i always find it fascinating when you throw a mic in front of anybody they tend to get emotional So that was Ross. If you want to find Ross, you can find him on all social media uh, channels. And he is every bit as brilliant as you probably think he is, having just listened to mm. his stories. So, Trent, how do we follow up with our next guest in two weeks' time? Um, well, we do our best, is what we do. <laughs> and just throw an asterisk that it's all downhill from here. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, we've got some other great guests. And also people from slightly different um, walks of entrepreneurial life than Ross mm. um, that have potentially a product or a brand that have been on the journey similar to Ross with a slightly different perspective. And if you want to follow us, you can see us in the flesh at our uh, LinkedIn page now, which is very exciting, which is at Business Interrupted. You can also find us on Instagram at Business Business Interrupted. I'll tell you what, pal. Go on. It's nice being behind the microphone with you. Is it? Yeah, it feels nice. Three years, mate. Is that how long it's been? Something like that. Two and a half. Yeah. And we're not in a Tesla anymore. We're not recording our podcast in a Tesla. Well, Sam Coleman made that comment yeah, last night on Instagram. They're, very, they're good, soundproof, nice cushions. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. And you know what? What the great thing about Elon Musk is he's barely put a foot wrong since then. It's true. Anyway, join us next time for the next episode of Business Interrupted. Ta-da! Hit subscribe on your podcast platform to receive every episode first. And don't forget to follow us at Business Interrupted. <laughs>